0: Hi everyone, today is a really special day.
1: Asia, featuring John Payne.
0: 30 years ago, Aqua by the band Asia was released. That was my first Asia album. I can't believe it's 30 years. It's also 40 years since the release of the first Asia album. And we're out on tour doing both albums. With a double anniversary tour, it the the I'm really, really looking forward to it. Cheers, everybody.
2: this is play that rock and roll I'm your host Joseph K. and like the song at the start says just call me Joe today we have another guest and that is John Payne John Payne took over lead vocals for the band Asia in 1992 and recorded with Jeff Downs up until 2006 when Jeff reunited the original lineup since then John has toured and recorded with his own band asia featuring john payne this summer asia featuring john payne is going out on their double anniversary tour which starts this week and it is celebrating both the 40th anniversary of asia's 1982 debut and also the 30th anniversary of 1992's aqua which was john's first album with asia This is a great idea for a live show. I've seen a couple of bands play one album all the way through in concert, but I don't think I've seen any band attempt to play two. So this is a great opportunity for fans to hear some deep cuts from Asia's discography alongside Asia's biggest radio hits. So in this interview, we talk about what Asia's debut and Aqua both mean to John personally, what songs he is most looking forward to playing, how he is building the setlist, his experiences of recording the Aqua album, and he even shares some memories of his friend Tony Lewis. Tony was the lead singer of The Outfield, and he passed away unexpectedly in 2020. John and Tony had become close friends and tour mates in recent years, so it was really nice to hear John reflect on that friendship. Due to some reception issues, this interview is a little shorter than usual, but John did say he'd be happy to come back for a part two, and since Asia featuring John Payne has a new album on the horizon, I think that's a great idea and I will follow up with him then. That said, I need to thank John for his time and for sharing all of these great stories. Go see Asia featuring John Payne this summer. It's going to be a great show. You can find tour dates and get tickets at Asia featuring com. Asia featuring John Payne is also on Facebook and Twitter, on Facebook facebook.com/ assia.featuring.john.pain and on Twitter at Asia underscore featuring underscore John underscore Payne. So without further ado, here's my conversation with vocalist, bassist, and frontman of Asia, John Payne. Uh, The first time I saw you in concert was at Wisconsin State Fair back in 2017 when you were doing the Rock Pack tour with uh, Lou and Steve Augeri and Fee Waybill and Bobby Kimball, and I got to tell you, that was right. a, a great show. That was one of my favorite shows of that summer. And I remember that someone posted some uh, some funny pictures of you guys uh, visiting the Bronze Fonz statue in Milwaukee. Do you have any oh. memories of that?
0: With Henry Winkler, yeah. Yeah. I remember doing that just by the side of the river there.
2: Right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. In fact, we're, we're coming back, to obviously, to Wisconsin State Fair again. Um, yes, and then we were supposed to do it last year. I think it was last year and we sound checked on this beautiful day. Um, We were doing the show with Foreigner and the storm came in and like trees were being pulled out the ground. It went crazy. I think that was last year. I'm sure it was last year.
2: Yeah and they had to cancel right? Yeah. Or did did Foreigner end up playing?
0: I think we cancelled. The rain came in and the storm came in then the rain stopped and the guy said well we don't fall on too late just in case he goes i was like please can we play because you'll still get paid i said no it doesn't it's not it's, yeah getting right. paid is really good because we have to pay for the flights and the band and all this stuff but to go that way and not to play is just is wrong and it's it's you know I've done. I do this. I still do this, and I started this doing it because I love it. And if you can have a career and a life doing this, what's better?
2: Absolutely, it's so interesting that you say that because uh, you, you Wisconsin State Fair always has bad weather for something. Because years ago, I was supposed to see Lou Lou Graham open for uh, I think Steppenwolf. And the same thing, Rain yeah. came, they canceled him, he couldn't play, but the headliner did. And uh, that's why I've only had a chance to see Lou when he was with you. So I'm glad you guys came through a couple of years later. And I do have tickets to see you with Kansas.
0: Oh, good. Well, yeah. come and say hi.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely would love to do that. So... Uh, before we get uh, into what you're planning for this tour, which uh, sounds great, I want to offer you a very belated uh, condolences uh, for your friend Tony Lewis uh, from the outfield. And I I only bring him up because I'm I'm a big fan of his, and I noticed how much um, how much you've worked with him in in his last years, and how much you've celebrated him on social media. And unfortunately, I just don't see a lot of artists kind of uh, posting that much about him. So as, as a fan of his, I just want to thank you for all that.
0: You know, I actually, I'm, you remind me, I still speak with his wife every month um, on WhatsApp. And, uh, you know, Tony, the last thing he did for me was this, I was doing this record for a charity organization for, that I work with called Orphan Starfish that rescue lots of trafficked and abused children. And I called Tony and said, can you sing a verse of this? Buck Dahmer's singing a verse. Kelly Keegi singing a verse. Steve O'Jerry singing a verse. I'm doing one, so I wrote this song for this charity. And um, he did this song for me and the vocal was chilling and beautiful. And then his wife calls me less than 24 hours later said, uh, Tony, Tony passed away awesome. and I had such a connection with him he's just a joker like me so we used to mess around with Monty Python jokes and all this kind of stuff and his wife goes oh would well, you two stop it you're just a couple of kids and we just giggle and stuff you know in the meet and greets and, and he still sang in the same key he still yeah. sang all those songs perfectly and he was gracious enough to let me, when he joined you know, um, Asia featuring my good self, that I played bass on all those, those big hits of his. And he was like, normally, he goes, I don't want anyone else to play bass, but it's you and you're my mate. And such a lovely, lovely man. Died far too young and very, very missed.
2: Well said, yeah, thank you for that. He's, I, I, I regretted that I didn't get a chance to see you guys uh, uh, play together on the tour that you, that you were doing with them. It just looked yeah. like so much fun. And I just imagine, as you guys both being bassist vocalists, that you must have had a really good connection on that stuff.
0: No, we did. We did. And the connection was was uh, more than musical. The connection was uh, our uh, humor, and we had a very similar similar dry sense of humor but very very like quips back little answers and um, yeah I, he was a close friend and it just makes you realize how short life is and how not to get obsessed with minute first world problems.
2: Yeah yeah, exactly. Oh
0: I can't get my xbox. <laughs> <Boo-hoo>. <laughs>
2: yeah like yeah absolutely someone else okay the
0: other side of the words like well i can't i can't get water i think there's a little bit of a difference
2: right <laughs> first world problems that's uh that's a good way to put it yes exactly okay
0: my first world problem at the moment is the state bird of maine
2: okay what's wrong with the, the what's, what's wrong with the bird
0: it's a, called a mosquito
2: oh <laughs> i
0: i i've been i've been no i else just getting bitten and I look like a pincushion with my <laughs> oh, peach, that's great. peachy peachy English skin.
2: Yeah, you know, I, uh, I vacation in northern Wisconsin every summer, and it is mosquito city up there, so I feel your pain, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. literally.
1: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds.
2: Okay, well let's, uh, let's talk about the the tour for a little bit. So the tour you're doing this summer is to is a double anniversary tour, which is something I've never yeah. seen anyone attempt before, which is awesome.
0: And it, it's so funny when uh, people say, "Well, you're not an original member of Asia." Well, I, I actually am. I was in the original band, but I'm not a founding member of the band, and I didn't yeah. record the 1982 album. But I did eight albums in fifteen years with Asia, so um, I I wanted to celebrate what really made me get into the band, which was the first album. Yeah, and uh, I think it's really cool to play the 1982 album and then the 1992 album, and pay respect and homage. You know, I'm not trying to be one of the founding members, and and. I don't exactly sing like John Wett but um I've been doing those songs for years and I was asked to join this amazing band and you know I want to continue some of the legacy so it seemed right to celebrate not just 92 but 82 Um and the 82 albums got some great songs on One Step Closer which uh, I've never mm. done before and funny enough Uh, heaven on earth on aqua i've never played before so there's going to be some some tracks that i've never done yeah and that's going to be a challenge because some of them are complex some of them you know it's it's a set of vocally a lot of high challenging stuff but um, luckily um, at the moment as of today i can still sing them
2: yeah how have the rehearsals been going
0: um they have been going great actually um we actually rehearse at my home in vegas okay. and it's 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 really cool everyone wants to give a thousand a thousand percent to 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 these songs and um we're just a four piece like the original um and um it, it, the rehearsals are gonna keep continuing you know because it's, it's, a, it's a lot of complex stuff and the show will even develop along the road so that yeah. uh, we're going to add, add video to it and, and i want to get some pictures back in the day but um that's what i'm out here doing a lot of the pre-production and i thought i couldn't do it uh as of today until i i bought the new the new computer, the computer.
2: Oh, that sounds great. So sort of a whole multimedia thing. So, yeah, it's like yeah, you're, 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 you're taking this anniversary thing seriously. It's not just that you'll oh, yeah. acknowledge a song or two. That You're diving head on in with both of these records. It's
0: a big milestone. It's a big milestone, 40 years yeah. of um, the uh, original founding members and then 30 years of, of an album that actually changed my life. You know, I went from being uh, a, a, a guy playing bars and stuff like that. And I worked with Roger Daltrey and Michael, I did a lot of backing vocals for people. And, and I had a band called The Passion, actually, before, which was with Andy and I from the Michael Schenker Band, and Clive Burr, who's sadly not with us, from Iron Maiden. And uh, thrown into some huge shoes to fill in 1991. Yeah. I'm releasing Aqua in 92.
2: Yeah. Well, let's dive into Aqua in just a few minutes here. I want to ask you just a couple questions about the debut, uh, the 40th. Uh, You've been playing songs from the Asia debut your whole career with Asia. So I know the big radio hits you can play in your sleep probably at this point, what are some of the songs on this record that when you play them in concert, they bring you personally the most joy because of either how you perform or how the audience responds?
0: Yeah, I like some of the deeper tracks, you know. It's still great and I think bands still need to play the the big hits. Heat of the Moment and Only Time Will Tell. But going, you know, songs like uh, Wildest Dreams, uh, cutting It Fine and uh, Time Again. Particularly Time Again's got of like a jazz fusion thing going on. Time and time again.
1: Time, and time
0: again. I love the challenge of those songs to actually play bass and sing them. And so those the slightly deeper tracks are the one the ones that really bring me great joy. And then that's going to be the same because, you know, I really have to play, especially if it's a short set or if it's a festival, they want to hear just the big hits. And then, you know, a lot of my era stuff, the eight albums I've done, don't often get played very much. It's only with longer shows. But now I'm really looking forward to playing Songs like "Someday," "Lay Down Your Arms," uh, uh, "Heaven on Earth," On the, the Ackeret. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, this one
2: right here—it's
0: strange. It's strange to even think it. Yes, exactly. It's strange to even think it's thirty years.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you're you're uh, we're that that album is closer to the debut than we are to (laughs) Aqua,
0: isn't that? I never thought of it that way, that's frightening. Um, (laughs) but you know, um, I think it's going to bring back a lot of memories for me playing these songs, and um, it'll be nice to educate maybe some people. That have just heard the first album as to to my tenure in in the band, and A was was such a hard piece of work to do. I mean every album uh, I did with with Jeff Downs was um months of writing and months of studio stuff. It's not like okay i will I'll, I'll see you later was, we'd go and stay in a recording studio and live there for three months, like one of these residential studios and hone and hone and, and get get the right performance before we, we, you know, we rehearsed before we even tracked it. So um, it's, it's going to be a trip down memory lane for me.
2: So when you were making that Aqua album, when you talk about songwriting, what was that process like? Did you all contribute lyrics and music or, you know, did one person have one job and another person have another thing? Was it really collaborative or, or what do you remember about how that uh, and how the it's songwriting very
0: collaborative. came together? Uh, on, 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 on a lot of songs, Jeff always, when I went through a lot of albums, Jeff always let me um, handle my own, handle the lyrics I was singing. Oh, okay. Um, there were a couple of songs, uh, especially early on, that that Jeff or someone else had brought to the table. But um, going forward, particularly in Asia, um, it was it was a really uh, strong writing collaboration. That I'd pick up an acoustic guitar, and Jeff would put the keyboards down, and we we'd get a really good thing going. And Jeff's chord inversions and stuff were very inspiring. And then often I'd come up with a melody and the, and the lyric. Um, and then sometimes I'd come up with a song on acoustic guitar or, you know, there were songs like heaven on earth Mm -hmm. that, you know, I bought from writing before I joined Asia, Oh, but, um, very, it was a very collaborative process. I mean, um, and one thing I'll say about Jeff is that his, recording inversions are really really inspiring so um uh i love the songwriting process it's magical yeah. for me
2: absolutely and i think it turned out really well i've been listening to this record all week and i'm thank you i i just am super impressed with it i like your era i like the 90s era of, of asia quite a bit i think that's oh. one of the best things about asia is that it's such a big discography but, uh, you know, the 90s stuff, even, even on, on Aria, the uh, Military Man and, and Anytime are, are great tracks. But what, going back to um, Aqua, I mean, my, my only thought on that is the reason it, it, it couldn't have been the big hit that uh, the the, debate, the debut was, was timing, right? I mean, 1992 was the year of grunge. Timing. You know, yeah. Prague, Prague had a tough time in those years, right?
0: Oh, we had a very tough time. And also when, you know, we didn't have the Gaff machine that Gaffin was for the first album, but exactly. that was very much, you know, they came off being all from big prog bands to do this rock prog pop band, you know, you know, with John Wetton and Jeff Downs, there was a pop sensibility in their writing, which helped yeah. them a lot, which makes them so huge. But uh, I think by 92, as you said, there were other musical influences and we were seen as not the king's new clothes and, and not very cool at all.
2: And then the singles for that record are uh, Who Will Stop the Rain and, and Little Rich Boy. There wasn't any music videos made in that point, right?
0: No, there weren't. and I, I don't know why. I, I actually think the record company started running out of money. They spent a lot of money oh. on making the album. And then they started running out and the promotion wasn't really strong. Uh, Who stopped the Rain did pretty well in, in Europe and Germany and Switzerland particularly. And it's oh. played quite a bit on the radio here. Um, yeah. I remember doing a lot of radio tours, but uh, there should have been a video with it. You know? yeah. It was in prime MTV time. So, um, although MTV actually at that stage wasn't really playing much rock. No, no, that was on the (laughs) decline. And I think, yeah, so, I think maybe if that album was five years earlier, and it it got great critical acclaim and we toured it a lot and it it was part of the path that enabled us to do another seven more albums. So, yeah. um, uh, it was cool and and it was great you know we we got really nice artwork on there. We paid a lot of money to get Rodney Matthews to do the cover, and I'm very happy with that cover.
2: I was just going to ask about that because that keeps that that great tradition of Asia of having these like really eye catching uh, artistic album covers you know as a record collector, yeah. I, that, I love that. I can't put into words how much I love that kind of thing because for years I used to put albums up on my wall and I, you know, I, would, I would have the album artwork as decoration <laughs> yeah. on the wall and then I would pull out the record and listen to it.
0: <laughs> and when CDs came along, it kind of diminished that.
2: I Absolutely. always remember
0: as a kid, you know, you get an album, you'd open it up and you read all the sleeve notes and you'd play the album in the order. You know, we spent a lot of time choosing the order when the, when the album's mastered. Now it doesn't really matter, you know? Right. But there was always like, we want to go from something slow into something fast. We want the relative keys to be if something's in A flat, we don't want the next one to start in A or, you know, it's, it's you want kind of things working that way. I always remember Tom Petty on Full Moon Fever he says, halfway through it says, now if you have a, had an album, this is the part where you turn it over to the <laughs> other side and it was the middle of the CD.
1: Hello CD listeners, we've come to the point in this album where those listening on cassette or records will have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin side two.
2: When it comes to the uh, Aqua artwork, how does that process work? Do you give the artist ideas of what you're looking for or does he come to you with uh, a, a, a pitch?
0: I have a very special relationship with Rodney Matthews. Okay. And, you know, we've had covers also by Roger Dean did two covers for us. Okay. He did Aura and Aria. And Rodney's actually just worked on our new album cover, which is which is amazing, for Aviana, which is our new album. Oh,
2: okay.
0: Um, and uh, basically with Rodney, he wanted the lyrics. Oh. So and some of the songs. So he had to listen to the songs and there was a lot of stuff about environmental stuff about, about man against nature. And the mechanical whale is man and the flying dolphins are nature. And, uh, he, you know, he really got into that. And we're still very, very close friends, myself and Rodney Matthews.
2: Oh, very cool. That's interesting. I had, uh, Jack Hughes from Wang Chung was a previous guest on the show, and he told me that uh, the guy who did the artwork for his albums was a very close friend, too, and it's um, just very cool to see artists, you know, collaborating on stuff like it's that. It's all a team. It's yeah, a team, absolutely. particularly
0: back in those days. Your artwork was exceedingly important.
2: Right. Whereas,
0: whereas now, you know, it's not really so important.
2: Were there albums when you were a kid that you have distinct memories of grabbing from the record store and, and, and being crazy about even before you heard the music?
0: Um, not before I heard the music. Uh, okay. as always. Um, I remember, I remember buying live in Japan by deep purple. I remember buying, you know, later on, obviously stuff like breakfast in America and, and, Robin Trower and early Hendrix records and Santana I was a big fan of Santana. Oh, yeah. I remember Abraxas. buying Abraxas I, and playing, yeah. playing along to a Abraxas and it's so cool. Eventually I got to work with Greg Rowley and ended up playing Carlos's because I play guitar as well. Carlos's right. guitar parts on some of those songs. So um, yeah, I remember just, but also just songs of my youth listening to the stylistics you know, um, and their of stuff or Nat King Cole or uh, Frank Sinatra or Tony Bennett. Uh, my dad was getting those records when I was a kid. So we grew up in a household of music. Um, and uh, I just remember going out to buy my, my my own records. I think one of the ones, one of the ones was a single one of the first records I bought. was a single, um, of uh i shot the sheriff by eric clampton excellent <laughs> and wings and wings okay. i remember buying band on the run and i can remember the b-side now was of course song called zoo gang
2: okay yeah yeah that's good stuff um circling back to aqua one of the guys on that album was uh al petrelli right from trans-siberian orchestra yeah yeah, how did you
0: enjoy working with that guy? Phenomenal guitarist. I mean, he's yeah. had, he had shades of, of Neil shown in his playing, which I'm a big fan of Neil's. Very melodic as well as just being, he's not just a rock shredder. So his tone and everything was great. Um, um, I don't know. I can't remember how that we, we, we got out. I actually don't remember. Um, because we had Steve Howe and Al mm-hmm. as the two main players on that record. You know, they both play on "Who'll Stop the Rain." Mm-hmm. Steve does the twelve-string 12 solo, and Al does the electric solo. But um, yeah, great player. We've been friends. You know, he played on the on the next album as well, solely mm-hmm. on "Aria." Um, and I'm glad. I'm glad he's doing. He's doing exceedingly well the Trans Siberian. Oh, You yeah. know, he has been in Megadeth, he has been in Dixie Dregs and a few other bands.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Is that why he didn't, he didn't stay with Asia long term? Because he had commitments with TSO?
0: No, I think that um, we went back to a UK-based band
2: um, oh, okay.
0: after, after that. And uh, we bought in Elliot Randall from Steely Dan. And I think Al had other commitments. It was, it was pre-TSO, I think.
2: Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So the, the one other little oddity about the, the Aqua album is that I know there's a fan favorite on there called Lay Down Your Arms. I enjoy that track. But I read that uh, it was used on a soundtrack for an animated movie. Do you have
0: any memories of how that came around? Yeah, it just came around through a manager at the time. Okay. And said, would we, would we write a song? And we had a song in process on the album. I went to see the guy that had this huge budget animation about okay. a frog that was basically James Bond. Right. Freddie is FR07.
1: Featuring music from George Benson, Patty Austin, Grace Jones, Asia, and Boy George. Colorful, top quality animation, irresistible characters, and plenty of good-natured fun. The exciting animated adventures of Freddy the Frog.
0: And I remember in the chorus, they wanted me to sing, and Freddy says, lay down your arms. And I was like, no. That is not <laughs> happening. So, we fought them with it, and they said, well, we won't use your song. I said, well, don't use your song. But they did in the end. Yeah. And, um, I remember actually having a really fun dinner with some of the executives from the movie, and my father, my late father, and Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley oh, was one of the voiceover guys, and that was a, a pretty cool moment because I'm a huge fan of of Ben as an actor.
2: Absolutely, so, um,
0: it was it was it was cool and. And uh, I went to see the movie. <laughs> it was a load of crap. So I was kind of, kind of
2: disappointed. It's
0: this huge UK animation, and frankly, it wasn't very good.
2: No, unfortunately, not quite. Um, not quite like that 1981 heavy metal movie, right? Did you ever see that that animated no. movie called Heavy Metal? No. that had a big no. uh, rock soundtrack, but. Anyway, okay, so uh, you've been rehearsing both albums. Uh, I suspect there are songs on aqua you have not played in in quite some time. Are you a little nervous about busting those out in concert?
0: Yeah, I mean, heaven <laughs> on earth, I don't think we ever played live. Okay. Um, you know there's you know vocally it's it's a lot it's challenging you know it's it's a lot. Harder and higher than most of the Asia stuff. Yeah. Um, Love under fire that Greg Lake wrote. I'm looking with Jeff. I'm looking forward to doing. Love under fire, we'll in the now. I like a challenge, and you know, it's it's a pretty intense tour. You know, sometimes we're on four
2: four days in a row. Oh wow, okay, so a real packed schedule. Yeah. Yeah, very good. So let's talk about the actual tour here. So when if you don't want to give anything away, that's fine. But if if you're headlining a show and you have the full amount of time that you're, you're allotted, what are you hoping to, are you gonna play the albums in order? How, how? What can you tell us about how you're gonna build the set list?
0: Um, i'm still I'm still confused about whether to actually um, play the album in its whole entirety and then go on from one to another or to mix it up my, my initial idea was was to play the whole of aqua and then play the Asia album in reverse ah. and i say in reverse because you've got only time will tell and heat at the moment at um, the beginning of the album. That was the thought in those days that you would always start with your strongest songs. So um, uh, I'm still thinking about that. And it would be interesting if your followers would, would uh, actually help us out there. I, I don't know. I don't know.
2: Post your comments in uh, uh, below the video, and we'll pass them on to John. Uh, I think you, you got a good idea there, but you're right. Isn't that an interesting thing about how albums used to be presented, where you just front load them uh, with all the good stuff front-load? right up front? Yeah,
0: because you don't want people to, you know, lift the needle up and go, nah, right, you know, <laughs> and maybe it's not it's not really what you wanted artistically, but it's kind of that was a record company always leading you that way
2: yeah do you expect that uh the set list will at least be about 50 50 or are you really going to try to do both albums all the way through
0: try and do both albums all the way through uh i'll just have to as my manager says stop talking so much (laughs) i uh i don't have a set spiel for each show but i tend to um rabbit on about anything and everything depending on the the day or the weather.
2: That's right. You know what's funny is I remember when I saw you back in 2017 you you had like a almost like an interview setup where all the the other singers came out and chatted with you for a little bit before That's the great. songs. That's for what it's worth that was fun.
0: It was fun it was a I like doing these little concepts you know I had my my Vegas Show," which was one concept, and then I went and did you know a lot of uh, these shows with different artists and trying to make them um, aware of what these people had done other than their, their greatest hits.
2: Right now a lot of the shows on this tour you're either you're co-headlining or and in some shows you'll be opening the show when you have a reduced amount of time to play uh how have you figured out how you're going to factor that aspect into the set list
0: it's funny you should say that i'm actually trying to sort that out uh, (laughs) today today or tomorrow right (laughs) Uh, my manager's job that he's giving me is that i've got to sort out the set list because You know, that there might be a show where we've got 45 minutes, 50 minutes right. instead of, you know, 90 minutes to two hours. So um, we'll have to adapt accordingly. Um, and some of the shows that uh, with another artist like Lou will probably have to front end them on the first Asia album mm. more. Mm-hmm. So it'd be more of a 75-25 split.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, yeah, I understand that. I mean, I got to say, I, I love Aqua, so I was, you know, there's going to be fans out there who are going to be uh, cheering for Aqua no matter what, uh, but I know you got to, you know, uh, go with what
1: Well, greatest. as long as we
0: play Heat of the Moment, and only time will tell, right. they're the most important ones off the first Yeah. Album. And, you know, ideally, a lot of my tours after this anniversary tour, that's what I'd actually like to do is start playing more songs from my era because every few years it's going to be 30th anniversary of all the other albums coming up so right really I and mean, then it won't be the 30th and the 40th so um i probably you know just end up doing two two uh big Asia songs and the rest of it uh my era
2: absolutely that's a great idea i i i think that part of the discography deserves more attention, and playing that live in concert is such a great way of introducing, you know, fans who only know the radio hits to the, the deeper discography, so I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So, of course, I gotta ask, because, you know, you have such now a, uh, an established history of, of collaborating with other vocalists, and you are touring with, off and on, a number of your, your rock star buddies. Do you expect, or have you talked to any of them about maybe having them come out and join you on some of these uh, songs from either of the two no, records?
0: I, no, I haven't. And that's not actually a bad idea. But um, yeah. I, do, I do that, you know?
2: I think that's part of, uh, if I may be so bold, I think that's a, a part of your uh, rock and roll identity right now is how collaborative you've been in the last number of years. That's, a, that's,
0: that's a, a great idea. Band. Yeah. And I'm Very sure cool. someone like Lou, Lou would do that for me.
2: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Well, let's wrap here. We got a really good preview of the show you're going to do. I think it's a, a great idea. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I've been a fan of yours for years thank and you. I love you really what you're doing. The
0: really appreciate the support. And thank you to you and all your followers for helping us promote this show. And look forward to seeing you and, and uh, the, the guys
2: at the show. Absolutely. And then we'll return for part two later on. Take care of yourself, John. Have a good weekend and good luck on the tour. You
0: too. Thank you so
2: much. And that was my interview with John Payne. Asia featuring John Payne is going out on their double anniversary tour this summer. And that starts this week. The tour is celebrating both the 40th anniversary of Asia's debut and also the 30th anniversary of Aqua, which was John's first album. With Asia. You can see tour dates and get your tickets at Asia featuring JohnPayne.com. I need to thank John for being such a fantastic guest and for all the incredible music he's recorded over the past 30 years. As I said in the interview, one of the best things about Asia is the scope of its discography and there is some really great stuff from John's era in the 90s and early 2000s. And this tour is gonna be a great opportunity to hear some of that stuff, so be sure to go out and see them. Also, keep an eye out for Asia featuring John Payne's next album, Aviana, which I believe is due out this year. When we hear news about that, I will reach out to John and get him back on the show so we can talk about that project. Until then, you can find Asia featuring John Payne on Facebook and Twitter. And as far as the future of this show goes, the next episode will be the conclusion of our Bob Dylan miniseries, Dylan Through the Decades, and that's Bob Dylan in the 2010s. I do have some more interviews planned for this summer, but I will also be doing some solo episodes as the summer winds down as well, so stay tuned for all of that. So, thank you for watching. Go see Asia featuring John Payne this summer, and keep rocking. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember the big four things you can do to support this show that don't cost a dime. Number one, listen to the show. If you're hearing this now, that means you did this part already. Thank you. There is an infinite amount of content out there, so you choosing to spend some time listening to this show means a great deal to me. Number two, if you like what we did here, please recommend this show. To family, friends, or anyone you know who's looking for a podcast, particularly about music. Share our links in Facebook groups, subreddits, and recommendation threads. Whatever you can do is highly appreciated on my end. Number three, find us on social media. Follow us on Twitter, at PlayThatPodcast. Like us on Facebook, at Facebook.com slash PlayThatPodcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash c slash play that rock and roll. Lots of great material like photos and vlogs on all three platforms. As Play That Rock and Roll is very much meant to be a content hub as well as a podcast. And finally, the big ask. Number four. Please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I know this part is a hassle, but it really does help the show a great deal. Not just because it affects the algorithm, but also because it gives me something I can point to when pitching this show to potential guests. The more social media followers and positive ratings the show has, the better chance I have for booking high-profile guests for interviews. So if you take a moment to give us even just a five-star rating, you are actively giving us a tool to do bigger and better things here. But whatever the case, I appreciate any and all efforts you take to support us here at Play That Rock and Roll. Be sure to join us next time for more great stories and music from the world of classic rock.